welcome to yet another episode of journal of knowledge podcast i hope you really liked our last episode on karnataka elections which became our number one episode on this podcast i would humbly like to thank new samster website not only for supporting our previous podcast episode but also for continuing to support at this time as well new samster is a popular bangalore based digital news outlet covering political stories in english language this episode is going to be based on the need for digital literacy in the contemporary times keep following the journal of knowledge podcast on all podcast streaming platforms and keep in touch with us through our social media handles as well so sit back and enjoy this podcast episode today we are going to discuss on the need for legal literacy in the recent times today i have with me a lawyer and a political geek sri rakshailan for the first time when i met him it was at law college in trivandrum and now he is working at a law consultancy firm so sri rak can you please introduce yourself uh hi hi jaram uh so my name is sri rak shainen and i am a lawyer i'm presently working in a corporate law firm in trivandrum itself uh, so i'm dealing with all the company matters contracting drafting partnerships mna and stuff like that a little away from the usual practice of criminal law the usual practice of uh, political geeks in the first place but again i've never left that completely it is still inside me a lot so why constantly catch up with everything that's happening in india right now in the political area the legal area and stuff like that i've been uh, when i first met uh, jairam it was during a uh, model united nations back then i was a finally student in the law college and ever since then we have been good rapport and uh, it's it's really good to be here right now and yeah, that's pretty much about me so i think we will go on with this further jairam sure 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 so we'll move on to the discussion asset so you were a law student and now you are a law graduate so for a layman how do you explain what is law and of course to the audience who may not be very well aware of what exactly are the technicalities on what is law and what are the other legal aspects related with legal studies as such what do you say about it okay so what the common people what common people mistake from law is that common people want a solution right whenever there is a problem what the whole the the next big thing that you want is solution so you keep looking going for solutions but the thing that you need to understand is law is not a solution law is only a procedure through which you can get to the solution and that is something what most people don't understand so immediately when there's a problem in the society or if you may there's a problem in your life or if there's a problem that's happening in the country people will say why we can't do anything our laws are like this i mean if you go to courts it's going to take so many years so let's not file a case let's not do anything no that is the biggest mistake that people do so understanding law the most basic thing that you should understand is that law is not a solution law is only a way or a procedure or a pathway that will lead you to the solution so every time if you feel like you want to know that law better there's always two ways the one way is the most obvious one you take up a law degree you finish a law degree you learn law you evolve in law and you move on Or the next best way is for as long as human beings are there, so there will be problems, there will be issues that is happening, and in some cases, even when there's no issues that's happening in your life, also there is still a need of law. 
so when we say law we always you know immediately go into the criminal law murder investigation fir and stuff like that but there's all the civil law like for example contract contract drafting when you're buying something and uh, that product you're buying is not up to the you know up to the expectations of your you know what you expected was not there in that product so you file a case in the consumer court so even over there in a civil matter there is always law so the next thing after you know the other option other than studying your law degree is to basically focus on the thing that is happening around you in every day there is a law in that so if you put in a nutshell i would like to say like law is not a solution it will only take you to the solution when you observe and when you indulge through it only will you understand the law better and can you make a better use of law in the you know in the whole prospect on the whole long run as you can say okay, so what do you have to say about the legal studies aspect of it say like i'm a layman i would like to understand few important laws so how would i approach in that particular way yeah so do to do that to understand what is law so you can never understand the law in its complete aspect you know or like you know okay fine this is law 100% or this is the constitution 100% or this is the ipc 100% you can't do that because the thing is this law or the process of law is an evolving concept that is why even you know like i'm a law graduate i'm a lawyer i'm working right now but when you are addressing us somewhere or when you are looking into our cvs or anything we will always call ourselves as a student of law for every other profession we will say i'm a doctor i'm an engineer also i'm and so forth but for us it is always a student of law because the thing is this is a never ending process of learning so to understand law yes you can understand how the law works you can understand how it travels but to learn law to finally get a full grasp of law and the whole concept that is simply not at all possible because it keeps on changing now today itself we have like you know three bills have been introduced the ipc crpc and evidence act is soon going to be repealed i mean at least that's the way of things that's going on the constitution itself you know it's been constantly changing constant amendments have been happening over 120 amendments have been, close to 120 amendments have been made right now and it's constantly changing so can you learn law no but can you learn how the law works yes and i can answer how can you learn how the law works how can you learn how the law works is to be aware of what's happening around you so now when some people will listen to this they might be like okay fine this is the cliche advice of you know having to read newspapers having to follow the news you know read books and stuff like that not really that is when you want to learn law from an academic point of view when you want to note down things like you know each and every change when was this bill introduced how did this bill become an act and what are the repercussions of this bill what are the good side or the bad side we pointing it down from an academic point of view but if you want to learn how the law works like you know for a proper understanding of how the law is actually affecting people for then you have to actually focus on your daily life okay now for example let us say like uh, you wake up in the morning you go out for a run you go out for a walk you see people exercising you people see people working out you see people doing all their things okay some people might do yoga some people might be running okay now when you're talking about yoga in the first place there are people who don't believe in the concept of yoga people who say that yoga is a pseudo science and at the same time when you're going around for a rob or a run or something you will see in temples people are praying and stuff now you might be an atheist you might be telling like you know what this is not real and stuff but all these individual people are doing things that they believe in are doing things that has been granted to them or that granted to them by the freedom that is being guaranteed through the constitution of this country so in such a manner you can say like something that is like you know that is not believing or that is not accepted by you 
can be done by something else can be done by someone else now this very same simple thing the simple logic or the simple basic understanding of human nature is also put in the law where is that put in the constitution it is put in article 19 it is put in article 21 so over there also we have a law now when you're going for you know maybe you're taking your car you're going out for a drive you're going to your office you're going to college you're going to school whatever it is we have signals you have you know traffic lights you have traffic rules everything all these are also part of the law so just apply your mind over there what could happen if something goes wrong over here you ask yourself questions like what happens if i cross this line obviously there will be some repercussions that may happen now immediately you will start to have a feeling like will i be fined will the ai camera get me will the shalan come to my home those in which you can understand law uh, can you understand what is law or what is law comprising of it is more or less you can't because law as i said earlier is an ever evolving thing it constantly keeps changing so can you fully understand and you know be settled with the concept of law no. but you can fully understand and be settled with the concept of how the law works and to understand how the law works you have actually two options one is uh, you can either learn it academically that is basically going enrolling yourself in a law college or in a law school and studying for 5 years or 3 years and the other way is to understand how the law functions in the society or how the law normally functions to understand that you have to observe so now when i say like about observing what people might think is like i'm going to give the cliche response that you should read newspapers or you should watch news and you should you know study stuff stuff like that but apparently there are other ways to like it is to observe what is happening in your daily life for example when you get up in the morning and if you're going out for a run or if you're going to the office observe the things that is around you everything if not controlled by law is at least regulated by law for example if you're going to the store to buy something if you're going to purchase something and you see an mrp tag over there which amounts to maximum retail price you cannot be charged more than the mrp and that is actually something that is you know mandated by law so if you are being charged more than what is written on the mrp the shopkeeper or the person that is selling this product to you will be penalized so similarly in every other aspect you're taking your car out you're going on a drive you're going to the office there are traffic lights there are you know lines that you should not cross there are stops that you should stop there are ways you're not supposed to enter your vehicle into so in such situations you need to think what if i break this one particular rule what will be the consequence of this one particular rule who is deciding that you know this is wrong or this is not wrong and why is this being done? why is this one particular way made as a one way why is this one particular way being stopped why is this one particular way having a red light so when you observe that and when you ask yourself the why question all these whys you will understand the reasoning behind all this and then you will understand to achieve the objectives for example if the road ahead might be narrow or it might be a school zone this might be the reason why this is actually done why this process is actually done okay so now to achieve the objective of that is say ensuring safety there are certain laws that are put in place and how this law works you will understand when you start observing now to fully understand the procedure of what uh, how the chalan is uh, you know sent to you how you pay the fine and everything for that unfortunately the only way is to violate the law to properly understand otherwise that is fully invest your time into it and let you do a proper research like you have to open up your laptop you have to you know search how chalans are paid how chalans are generated that's the other way to do it but i don't think that no one would actually want to do that 
only people unfortunately only people start thinking about law and how law works only when something wrong is happening to them so small thing i can share from my experience as a lawyer is that so most of the client that we have right now it's not like how you see in you know fancy web series or stuff people don't just you know you don't just go into offices and we say like you know we provide legal services we can protect you everything all that is there but that is not how it works people contact us when something has gone wrong so everyone knows the law firm i work in is functioning over it is a very successful law firm it has been doing all these things but no one has come to us saying like okay fine we will return you for one year no only very few people do that but other times what people do is like when something has gone wrong okay fine now i need legal help let me go to the next possible thing that is what people do so the two ways are like you can academically learn or you can observe because the third way of you know actually investing your time that is without uh, wanting to procure a law degree actually investing your time to understand how the law works is actually very minimal that is the only i've seen only you know people doing it from an academical point of view who don't want a, a law a law degree maybe for some other academical purpose so that's how understanding the law works for a layman's perspective the two main aspects that i would as per my understand that i would say. so now coming to the basic question at hand what exactly do you think is the need for legal literacy amongst because india is a country where we have almost 130 you know crore people and the chances of exploitation in a country like this is you know very very high now i can say this with full confidence that being from the south side of india i am very privileged because i come from a state that has a 100% literacy so even if people might not have a basic understanding of law people at least have a basic understanding of you know how things work so for example let us say like i buy something from the market for 10 rupees and if i'm a reseller i'll have the basic understanding that i should sell it for 11 or 12 rupees to get a profit i will have a basic knowledge of what to read of of how to read and you know to understand things so in a country like that where only one part or where literacy is actually something as you know glorified so much in a state because it is not very common so we are obviously glorifying literacy but if you go to some other country where there's 100% literacy every part of the country if you say literacy there is going to be pretty normal stuff over there so in a country like that where the possibility of exploitation is very high you have to have some basic understanding of legal literacy i'm not saying you should understand all the procedures of crpc or should understand the procedures of cpc or stuff like that no the basic things i would say that a person should understand are his fundamental rights so i don't know if schools still follow this but when i was in school i think when i was in fourth uh, or fifth standard something uh, in my social science textbook there was this one part that was actually talking about fundamental rights i still remember i think it was only half a page or one page okay uh, they were talking about fundamental rights over uh, but obviously it was not fundamental rights i didn't you know grasp it properly from there i only grasped it later in my So, you know in my degree days in my law school days and stuff like that but if you're not aware of these fundamental rights people will definitely exploit you if i have to state an example let us say the whole farmers protest that was happening uh, uh, a year back or a couple years back i guess but the whole farmers protest that was happening also there, there was this one online media okay that was actually on the ground this one particular online media was actually going to you know several people like uh, saying like okay fine uh, why are you protesting what is the problem with this farmers law is what they have been asked so this one person that who was actually you know uh, saying like the government is looting us the government is actually exploiting us and stuff like that cool he went to the next person the next person said the same thing 
the next person said the same thing and the other person said the same thing and this online news channel was trying to say that look they have been propagated this is all a propaganda the entire people this whole thing is a scam the farmers protesters scam was they were trying to say but for people who actually observe the laws that is the experts who are actually analyzing laws have told like these laws are problematic in so on so manner unfortunately this thing is not being conveyed to the people who are on ground that is the stakeholders of this one particular provision the stakeholders of this one particular law or this one particular act are not aware of how bad it is for them they have been told in simple terms like the government is looting the government is cheating but i think that they should know how it is happening they might say like the present government is actually being bad for them what if the next government and does the same things for them could be a possibility right because such expectations will happen when you don't have a basic understanding of the law so when you are actually to understand that you need to know like you know for example uh, for the farmers protest itself the whole concept of actually having the right to do a profession or having the right to do trade and business you should actually be aware of that which actually comes where again it comes as a basic right that has been guaranteed to you by the constitution so as long as these things are not interlinked the chances of exploitation are much more and the most basic thing the most basic thing that's happening in this country right now are women's rights because there are still women in this country who believe that you know staying below your husband's feet is the at most divinity that a woman can have that a woman is meant to serve him a woman is only meant to you know receive commands and not do things that she desires a large proportion of this country still believes that is it because that they don't know about a legal literacy no it's not because they don't have any legal thing it's because that they believe this is the law that this is the divine law the proper educated like you know if they're properly educated and if they're brought down brought out to the light and if they understand the benefits of proper education they will definitely not go back and once they get proper education they will understand that okay fine this the constitution of this country is actually allowing them to do a lot of a lot of domestic violence will actually be reported because you see we are actually having uh, if my memory is correct there is at least 80 to 85 80 to 90 cases of rape reported per day and always the actual numbers are always at least double or triple what the you know the exact number of reported cases are so in that case also many people are not aware that they have certain rights they have certain rights having guarantee in this constitution because i don't think there are people especially you know when we go to rural india i don't think there are people who even know that there is a constitution for india they don't even know what exactly the samvidhan is and that is all happening due to the lack of legal literacy and if you go to schools especially in rural areas if you go to schools uh i've been to uh, you know a uh, couple states outside india and i had the opportunity to go to some schools as well okay so when i saw the textbooks over there it was basic like uh, you know they had this one plus one the math and everything the basic math and all they had all cool but uh, i came to when i am in kerala right now but when i had the opportunity to visit some rural schools in kerala also i saw a drastic difference between the books it was that in in kerala the books had i believe the last page had uh, something written on fundamental rights in in malayalam the local language so it had something written about fundamental rights as well so perhaps this could be the reason why there is a drastic difference in the states you know in the northern states in the rural areas over there and the rural areas of kerala it is not just about literacy it is about understanding that i have certain rights i mean obviously a kid of uh, maybe 4 or 5 or maybe 10 years will not fully understand that but in some part of his or her brain you know when you're planting that idea that you have rights that you're not meant to just follow commands 
in some situations like that that will actually lead up to a, a responsible citizen who will actually maybe you know come back with valid points when fingers are being pointed at and here the chances of him or her being exploited in the future will be very less so that is the reason why i feel like there is actually a big need for legal literacy to be put as a political person we i'm asking a question to you definitely yeah. we all know this answer taught or we understood law something like quite objective and maybe say blindfolded idea of what exactly is law but when it comes to the practical application do you think politics and law is quite convoluted and you can't actually separate it will you actually feel that okay there is a thing uh, see like i told earlier also law uh, what law is something that we cannot understand fully but the procedure in law works will lead in distribution of just keep that in mind with that being said the procedure it is 100% linked in telling you cannot remove it so if right now a right wing party is actually ruling the law that will come will obviously be more towards the right wing and if it's a left party it will be more towards you know socialism concepts and expression what not so to answer that question yes law and politics is interlinked how much is it interlinked i would say 95% that 5% is unfortunately the basic structure document of the constitution the only reason why the constitution is still remaining or you know, more or less i would say more or less remaining without having much problems in it is because of the basic structure doctrine and uh, from the way things are going i can maybe say like sooner or later even that could be amended in some way because uh, an ex chief justice who is sitting in rajya sabha mp right now uh, ranjan gogoi he himself put out in the rajya sabha that the whole concept of the basic structure doctrine is questionable so we are not sure like for how long will the bill the basic structure doctrine hold up because once that basic structure doctrine is altered or once that basic structure doctrine is actually protecting the whole concept of constitution is altered or amended or played with then i can say this 95% will definitely become hard. and when you're coming to the state laws when you're saying like how much is politics you know uh, interlinked with state laws or how much can state governments or you know state ruling parties can affect the working of law it is still more or less the same because there are certain procedures that is you know laid down saying like okay fine if a crime happens or if a cause of action takes place this is how things should work this is point a this is point b from point a to b how it should be reached will be clearly met okay so now where you know if it's a bill let's say it's a big uh, crime or something and a great political person was involved okay so there is point a point b now what the general public will know is the starting of point a and the ending of point b in between there will be so many things like uh, you know charge uh, when is when was the case filed when was the fir launched when was the charge sheet and so many procedures like that now these procedures when i go and tell to a layman who is not into law much he will not understand he will just ask me one thing was the crime reported was the culprit punished was justice served these are the only thing that he would want to know so we will say yes the crime was uh, you know you know the fir was lodged the crime was reported was he was the accused punished he will say no why there was not enough evidence now how did this person who was actually accused who was actually guilty of the crime escape this thing in between there the politics played the power play is happening happening over there in this procedure from eight where politics is most you know coming forward like you know doing its part where the power where the whole power play is happening where you know if a investigation is going on investigating officers are changed or suddenly evidence is actually being changed 
and these people who are actually involved in the procedures i mean we later see them holding a high position that is a very unfortunate thing that is happening in india not just in india happening all around the world in different cases yes politics and law is always interlinked politics is affecting law in a lot of manners and that's quite unfortunate but it is happening so let's look yes. into some uh, basic examples and the debates happening around in the country right now i think a lot of people actually ask me and a personally what like a lot of doubts with respect to what exactly is ucc and its implications definitely um i have a basic understanding of this but i think maybe for the audience maybe it would be really helpful if you can explain what exactly is ucc and what would be the implications if a ucc comes to an existence yeah sure. so ucc or uh, rather uniform civil code uh basically propagates the idea that right now in india uh, all our personal laws let's say personal laws in relation in relation to marriage in relation to divorce in relation to succession property inheritance all these are based upon religious ideologies so there are three main religions obviously hindu christian and islam and then there are other religions jainism buddhism sikhism uh, so all these jainism buddhism sikhism they are also you know coming under the concept of hindu act itself Uh, lay down the rules of how you should, you know, uh, that regulate uh, personal laws such as, you know, laws for marriages, laws for divorces, etc. Uh, and there's obviously special marriage act. Now, special marriage act is for situations where, you know, when you have to marry an inter-caste marriage or inter-religious marriage, and also if you are a person who is an atheist or something, and if you don't want uh, to be married by any of the Hindu code or the Islam or the Muslim law or the Christian. marriage act or anything what you do is like you will register, you can you have the option to register under the sma so this is how it is presently done in india the uniform civil code is the concept that you know comes forward and says like we will take away all these religious laws we completely take them through in class instead there will be one single law that will be applicable for everyone throughout india so it doesn't matter what religion you are what faith you are following or you know if you are getting married to a hindu or if you are getting married to a christian or muslim it does not matter this will be the law that will actually you know be put forward so right now let us say uh, in muslim law there are you know a few things uh, someone can marry up to seven, can marry up to four wives can have up to four wives and always men are given the priority first uh when it comes to succession and when it comes to inheritance also uh if my memory is correct uh two to uh, one man share is equal to uh like you know two women share is equal to one man share something like that was so basically giving men more priority have been the law so this is actually one big right that has been going on for a long time especially the courts in india itself have been of the opinion like we should actually implement ucc because you know let us say like one hindu man is actually you know marrying a hindu woman and then he converts to islam he marries another woman of muslim religion so the first marriage still active the second marriage active when such questions happens a huge huge headache for the courts as well so recently also delhi high court said like i think it's time that we actually implement the ucc now i was a person who was of full support of ucc i am actually still in full support of the concept that we you know scrap all religious documents and instead we go for you know a unified a codified law but with the recent trends that have been happening i have changed my stance and i have taken a stance that until and unless i see the initial draft the full draft of the ucc i shall not take a stance that's my present uh, you know uh, my present stance on it because the whole concept of ucc could be one sided it can be made as a tool 
that is against from religion completely for example let us say uh, in islamic law there is a concept called idat period uh, i hope my pronunciation is correct idat or idat so the thing is like after a particular in a particular relationship if the husband has died a woman has to wait a certain number of days a certain number of period before she can remarry okay now this is something that is actually uh, being followed in the muslim law so let us say now ucc is implemented all right if ucc is implemented and this one particular woman uh, or widow okay who after her husband has died wants to practice idat or something like that or let us say that you know uh, so taking another example of triple talaq itself it is actually something civil for example it is between a husband and a wife but unfortunately with the 2017 repealment of the uh, triple talaq and the 2019 act that came uh, to you know to stop the ban triple talaq they criminalized triple talaq this quite unfortunate that why is triple talaq being criminalized it's a civil law it's a civil, i mean it's a civil action it is between a husband and a wife for that now the punishment is imprisonment so why is that is something that most of the people are not understanding so that is why i took the stance like until and unless i see the draft of the ucc i shall not take the stance ucc in actual from the theoretical perspective or from a theoretical point of view yes this is obviously is a good thing but at the same time the law commission report also says like right now do we need a ucc it's like you know it's 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 okay to have a ucc but will it have a proper fully effective thing to do no not really because people's mindset are also changing more sma marriages are being registered and you know things are moving on a smooth track right is what the opinion of the law commissioners so basically it's like been directly on the law as such and also the regime that's in power and how it likes to execute yeah the triple talaq again banning triple talaq yes good all good great fantastic but again criminalizing it also the provision also says that just by a mere complaint uh, the person can be arrested is a non cognizable offense at the same time as well so that actually has a lot of trouble so can this law be used to you know criminalize or can this law be used to you know target a particular community or target political enemies or political rivals or political rival community as a possibility and hence i think we should wait until the draft comes out to pick a side okay so another important and i think very complex topic as such is the case of defamation because we know in india it's both a criminal and a civil offense so can you talk more about what exactly is defamation and how it plays out in india especially with respect to the recent case where rahul gandhi was convicted and later he approached the higher courts and at last you uh, the supreme court gave a stay on that particular case so can you please explain how all these things work out okay so uh, for defamation say 499 of ipc uh, i mean i don't know if i should say 499 of ipc or god knows for how much longer time i would ipc be say like that so it is quite surprising that even today we have that as a criminal but defamation is one such thing that will only become a crime if the other person is offended by it but for example let us say murder or theft or extortion or decoity or kidnapping or you know rape whatever it is all these crimes just by the commission of it i have committed a crime against the state i have committed a moral uh, so it doesn't matter against whom i'm committing these crimes it will always be a crime but defamation is one such uh, you know crime that it will only become a crime depending upon the person against whom i'm actually doing it so if i'm making fun of let's say jerem if i'm making fun of you and you don't feel it very offensive you be like okay fine that's cool or i'm saying a statement maybe just for fun sake i'm saying a statement in an open space like you know this guy is you know just very let's say very drunk guy like you know he gets drunk and then he says all these you know stuff crazy stuff about people 
and people might laugh off but some people might get offended by it and at the same time the same comment i'm making about other person he is a very you know thin skin guy like even the smallest things hurt him and he can go and say like okay fine in an open space is back told about uh, me in a very bad way now the statement he told was true so therefore i want to you know sue him for defamation and then immediately that becomes a crime against the state there is a whole difference about you know like if i say something about x it might not be a crime but if i say the same thing about y it might be a crime so when we are connecting to the rahul gandhi case in the same time uh, so rahul gandhi made a, a remark about the surname modi okay now modi is not a very unique surname it is a surname that is used throughout india many people have their surname as modi and apparently in the case of the narendra modi is not the one who has actually filed this suit against sir rahul gandhi it is another man who with another name i can't remember his first name poorish modi or something like poorish modi yeah i don't think he is actually someone you know of a very high let's say credibility or something but he was a normal person but he got offended by that name and he filed this case against rahul gandhi no one else has has you know made that uh, case like you know at least hundreds of thousands of modis over there no one else has done that and this one person has filed a defamation case for a comment made by rahul gandhi that's not even directed to this person directly so one thing that is required was like directing the comment to a person you know targeting a particular person and making a comment that was not done there and yet the case was filed he was convicted also on what grounds is a big question mark and why the hurry was another big question mark but all that is like a different political agenda that is like more or less something that everyone knows but anyways getting the whole concept of defamation there are certain exemptions to defamation for example general statements will not be uh, termed as defamation if something uh, if the statement that is saying is true that will not amount to defamation and if you're not you know targeting that to a very particular person it should not be termed as defamation and if you're telling that you know you should make that statement public in open only then it can be termed as defamation in this case this uh, this particular petitioner was not targeted in this case uh, this you know the whole comment was not exactly made up on this one person either so on what basis did this amount of defamation that is a big question and more or less this was actually a general statement this actually general statement you know they are acting to one person who everyone knows he was obviously director narendra modi that's the thing that was happening over there and yet the courts in a very speedy manner told that defamation is like you know like this uh, rahul gandhi is now guilty of defamation now take off his you know and his, he lost his mpc uh, his uh, his position as the mp it is quite blasphemous that is actually happening that actually happened and i had actually hoped that one of the things that uh, would be you know removed from the ipc would be the crime of defamation instead put it put it somewhere else. i mean we obviously don't have a in india we don't have a proper law of tort but still you know it was something that needed to be removed from the ipc uh, and uh, supreme court i think uh, was actually a big advocate for removing defamation so i thought that the new proposed bill of the ipc when it was going to come will actually remove defamation from it but the new bill of the bhartiya nyaya sanhita of i hope my pronunciation and wording is correct even in that defamation is still very much alive so in my opinion defamation is something that should be removed from the act because it is something that is affecting only one person it is not something that is affecting the state as well. it is not a crime against the state it is a crime that will depend from that will change from person to person such a crime should not have a place in the ipc and such a crime should not have as a great punishment as well you know it is one year or two years something that is not something that should have defamation it should have more focus on monetary fines 
or you know on such aspects rather than actually going for the imprisonment no coming to a very important question as such so what are some basic laws which i think everyone should be aware of say for example you already talked about fundamental rights and few aspects here and there so what all would you suggest like something which everybody should know about article 19 21 all these you mentioned so can you give us uh, a golden triangle obviously the golden triangle that is article 14 19 and 21 of the constitution that i think should be you know taught from school level article 14 19 and 21 and then we are coming to understanding laws see, when you open instagram and when you see all these instagram influencers telling about laws and all you always throw light on you know uh, section 292 section 292 is basically uh, obscene activities so everyone wants to know if kissing in public is wrong or not so such laws are what people put more focus on or you know if there's a sensational case happening everyone wants to know what laws you know what laws you covered over here how is this possible how is that possible well and good i mean it's all well and good good to you know uh, amplify your knowledge but when you're coming to the real life and when you're going to deal with daily things you should know some basics about you know consumer laws basically like you know if you're buying something you should not supposed to be pay pay about the mr if you have a different system you know where how you should you know go to the consumer court how to file a case it indulges in some form of business to you know to earn a, to earn bread and butter for his daily life so you should have no laws about that whatever space that you're working in whatever space that you're indulged in in your daily life you should have a basic understanding of the laws surrounding that if you're a teacher if you're a student if you are working if you are a professional the laws in relation to that much particular thing i wouldn't say you should know it you know in depth in heart by heart and stuff like that but you should have a basic understanding of that employment bonds are they legal or not how how much of employment bond can be legal how much tax can be deducted from your salary your salary can be deducted only the basic thing that you should understand so if you ask me like what are the most specific laws that a person should understand i would say whatever field you are working in whether you're a student or whether you're working professional whatever job that you're doing on a daily life understand the laws that is surrounding that protect your basic rights in your daily life and then only you can expand to other so i would suggest that's from, from that's the point from where you should start so now coming to the last section as such so what could be few materials resources or even say online media resources which the audience can use to understand important laws stay legally aware know what's happening around the world and how the politicians or the policy makers are changing laws which will directly affect their lives all right so when you are making a new law there is actually a procedure to be followed and one of the procedures is like it should be published in the official gazette and stuff like that but i wouldn't suggest anyone to go read what's exactly given in the official gazette because they will actually you know put out the a uh, whole act or the entire section of what is being added or what is being amended that is not something that a layman would understand Uh, i would suggest to stick on to internet materials because if you're going for books or let's say if you're going for a mining's book or if you're going for nk jaykumar's book or anything like that these are books that are made from an academic point of view for learning for academic purposes but if you want to understand from a layman point of view i would suggest uh, a few maybe a youtube channel called philology legal that's a wonderful channel that is something that you know whenever a new law comes out it actually you know explains in hindi uh, but i think they have subtitles as well uh it actually explains to you what the law is and how the law works and stuff like that and then if you want to read something i would say uh maybe legal times uh law services india and uh blog i played this blog i played this is basically blogs on various laws and various acts that is actually made from made by students mostly by students and is also done in academic perspective but it is actually broken down into words a layman can understand 
and there are citing based on examples as well so when you're actually seeing uh, you know when a sensation case is happening and you want to know what actually happened in that case or what the judgment was uh, you can obviously go and download the entire judgment that will be like 200 300 pages long It'll be very complex with all legal jargon so you might not understand but case man is one such website that gives you summary of the case uh, i think some of the features are paid but uh, mostly it's free and obviously the best thing that you should always have say the best for the last live law and barbage barbage i personally use live law so live law something i would want to person suggest yeah, again even that it's not fully free uh, there are some features of paid but i think it's like when the case happens it will be free for around 24 to 48 hours you will have to pay for it it's something like that but still live laws have the best thing i think every person would actually you know have a app like live law and barnes to be installed because you know you'll constantly get updates that is if you're interested to understand what's happening around the world in depth and i would also suggest uh, reuters for reuters and uh, hindu also yeah so these are some of the few resources that i would the reliable resources i would say where you can actually you know go and you know have an understanding about the new changes in law the whole concept of understanding what is happening around the world in legal matters i think if you are especially interested in indian politics or indian po- um, anything that's happening in the country so i think La- live law is actually really helpful in that and also yes. they have their instagram page where they put in small snippets and i think if you are not so much interested in reading a lot maybe you just want to scroll through exactly. the instagram and get updates i think that would be really helpful exactly that is actually helpful in a lot of ways but the yeah Speaking of snippets, I should actually talk about uh, the thing is like when you read snippets, you might get one idea, but the whole case might be saying something else. Because recently there was a case where the I think it was in the Madras High Court, uh, where the court said that you know Mangal Sutra, the the thing that the holy thread of change that a wife wears, okay, that is tied by the husband. Okay, so if the wife removes the Mangal Sutra. that is a clear indication that she does not want to be with the husband anymore and therefore you know uh, it was the order was not in favor of the wife so when the snippets came out only this one thing came on about the wife tearing off the mangal sutra thing came out and people were lashing against this judgment of the you know a high progressive enough i mean the mangal sutra is a religious thing if that is being removed why should the wife be blamed and stuff like that but what people did not understand is like this was only in relation to this, this one particular case because in this one particular case the wife was actually quite cruel to the husband in a lot of aspects the wife showed disregard for the husband for the husband in a lot of matters and uh, my memory says there was also some physical abuse from the wife's side as well and the wife removing the mangal sutra was also clear indication of the fact that she is in no way wanting to live on to live to move on with the husband this was the whole story but when the snippet came out with this part came so that is one problem that actually lies with snippet that is something where people have to be a little bit more careful so that is where responsible lawyers i would say should actually do something because i saw even many i was a law student i think i was in my second or third year when this uh, thing happened and i saw many law students as well you know completely lashing out at the high courts statement for making this so that is something what people should be little careful about i similarly read the news related to such a thing today it was about a grounds of divorce where some particular instance of wife or husband was considered as an act of cruelty i just read today i don't remember exactly what it is i just remembered when you said this so thank you so much riyak for your time and wisdom so before you leave i think this is your first podcast episode right 
yes yes this is my first podcast episode and for those who don't know i actually write a few things i'm a part time blogger but i've uh, always had the idea of you know having a podcast or you know actually being part of a podcast and all thanks to jaram for that for actually inviting me to be a part of his podcast who's actually really cool being here and was quite let's say it was quite quick because you know uh, i just had to rush back from work and we had some network issues and stuff so i mean obviously by my rookie mistakes from my side and yeah a little bit of mumbling and something from my side over there apologies for that but overall i had a great experience and uh, all thanks to jaram for that so anything else you want to say before we wind up today uh yes read that's what i just want to say to everyone listening read as much as you can just you know we have been blessed with finding information at our fingertips i'm not saying like you know invest all time every time keep reading no but when you find something interesting and when you find something that intrigues you don't just stop by reading the first line alone keep reading it there's probably something interesting down there so don't stop reading don't ever stop reading just keep reading that's all so thank you so much once again sreerag and stay tuned for more such episodes